it has been quite a week for us here at Coast Vineyard. Kieran's mentioned uh, that we've had 24-7 prayer happening. We've never done this until this year, uh, and, and we've done it in response to the sense of invitation that we felt like God has kind of called us into as individuals and as a church. So earlier in the year, we did a long weekend of prayer to sort of, you know, whet our appetites, see if we could, you know, do this thing. I mean, whoever stays up through the night and prays. I mean, you read about that stuff, but could mere mortals participate in this activity? Well, it turns out they can, and they liked it. So we were, uh, we were always planning for gearing up and doing a full week of prayer, and it finishes this afternoon at four o'clock. Just a little side note, I think there's two hours this afternoon that at the moment are available, so if you haven't been in there and you want to, I don't mind if you jump on your smartphone, go to the website, and book yourself in. But uh, it, we've had pretty much, I think, the entire time, I think we might have had Actually, I don't think we've had any breaks uh, in that chain of prayer that's been happening. It's like tag team, you know? You sort of finish, you tag onto the next person, and they carry on going. And we've been hearing some little bits and pieces back. Uh, I sat down yesterday and actually had a look at everyone that had signed up this week, and we had over 135 people in the prayer room this week. I know. That's very cool. Uh, that's over a third of our church, which is extremely cool. And if you can count the fact that a lot of, you know, we've got a good chunk of children that either got taken in there with their families or they haven't managed to get in there yet, it's pretty powerful. We've had individuals go in. We've had the youth groups go in this week, our young adults. Some of the life groups uh, have been in there. Families have gone in together. And, uh, and some of the things that we've heard back has been very, very cool. And I could tell you those things but it's not quite the same as hearing from the people themselves. And so tonight, we're going to have an extended opportunity for us to be able to actually hear some more of the stories of what God's been doing and the encounters people have been having this week. But just to sort of preempt the evening, I wondered if there might be a couple of people who'd be brave enough to actually just pop up and just give us kind of like a nugget, a little gem of like, you know, what happened for you this week. But in the you know, interest of knowing that we can't have everyone come up this morning, can you just keep it really short and to the point? But do we have a couple of people? Oh, yeah, we, I see that hand. Right from the back. Here he comes. Mr. Pete Manser. Yeah. And as I recall, I've seen your name on that list a fair bit this week. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome time. Um, pretty much every day, I think. I've popped along, um, you know, not working, I've got a bit of time, and it's been really great. Um, but I'd just like to share something. Um, yeah, look, I just went in there and just say, okay, God, what are you going to say? I, I didn't really have any plan or anything, and I just sat down and grabbed one of those Lecto Divinas, is that what you call it? So I grabbed a scripture, had a look at it, and had a lot of fun just meditating on it. And then um, I just got led to do some more reading, and it was quite interesting. And then uh, God's been talking to me about some stuff. And then, um, anyway, to cut a long story short, he led me to these things called spiritual exercises, which I was reading about in another book. So I thought, I know, I'm going to try that out next, the next day. So I went to the next day, I, uh, I followed it through, I found it on the internet, and I started this process, and it blew me away. It was exactly the same scripture that I'd picked up at random, was the first one on that exercise. And I'm thinking, oh, what are you saying here, God? So yeah, it was just awesome, and he's really been speaking to me. And our life group, we had a, a great time of prayer on Thursday night, um, just really powerful and uh, yeah, a bit of worship at the end. So, And it's, you know, and one of the days I just went in there early in the morning and turned up the music really loud and just 
you know. Uh, so it, it, just, it just went with the flow. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, the scripture. Okay. So the scripture is, um, it's awesome. It's Isaiah 43. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. Through rivers, you shall not be swept away. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor will flames consume you. Awesome scripture. Thanks. I just want to say thank you to all the creative people that helped out with the room. Because I'm not by nature a creative prayer. I am fairly structured. So I've been in three times this week, uh, including three o'clock this morning, which is Pretty awesome time to go, actually, if you can try and go in the middle of the night. But I've, I've done my prayer the same way every time in three lots of 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes, I was reading out of a book of common prayer. I was using that. Second 20 minutes, I was reading C.S. Lewis, the one about love. I can't remember what the name of that is, but um, the four types of love, something like that. And the last 20 minutes, I was using other things around the room to help me pray. If it hadn't been for people who'd put some thought into doing those sorts of things, those walls... Uh, the pictures, you know, I would have been a bit stuck. So I want to thank you all for that, for allowing me to have, you know, those three hours of prayer this week. I went in, I don't know what night it was, it was right after Matt, and he had, uh, he had been working on this puzzle, lots of people had evidently. And there was bits and pieces still not done, and it was bugging me that the, it wasn't completed, you know. It's, I'm just one of those people, so I had to finish the puzzle. And then I start praying for, I started looking at, like, Africa, because I've got to meet a lot of people in Africa that I didn't, I didn't even know much about Africa being from America. We, it just wasn't a thing that we studied a lot about or knew a lot about. So I started praying for that, and then I looked at Israel. And you could barely even see Israel on this map. Israel's so small. And then I started looking at the different countries around Israel. And these are countries that profess that Israel doesn't even have a right to exist. And I thought about New Zealand and how if you put like Russia and Australia and China next to little old New Zealand and all of these countries were saying we don't have a right to exist. How intimidating that would be and how tough that would be for us, you know, as a, as a, as a country. I'm, I've been here over 10 years now. I'm part of New Zealand so just in case you didn't know. And so, and I started thinking about that, and I thought, and then I realized that's why God tells us, pray for Israel, because these guys literally are surrounded by a bunch of people who, they believe they shouldn't even have a right to exist. And that's amazing when you think about it, how that little teeny dot on that map is the central focal point of everything. If you ever doubted the Bible, why isn't it Switzerland or Iceland or something like that? It's Israel. And it's right in the heart of everything that's going on in this world. And so, yeah, it just really stirred me that we need to pray more for Israel because of that situation. Oh, here she comes. I just wanted to um, say a quick thing about our kids. So we took all our kids along, and I'll be trying to be really quick. Um, what I really loved is that it gave us a genuine opportunity to share with them things that happened with us when we were little kids and say, you know, when I, I mean, I said a specific example, but between the two of us, we talked to them about how God can talk to you as little children. And for examples for us, that happened to us. And so all of a sudden, it was a real thing for them. And we said, you know, when you go, 
you know, God spoke to us as little children and gave us pictures and stories and things. So when, when we go today, you know, you can expect that too because God doesn't just speak to adults. He speaks to everybody. So we went along. We had a wonderful time. Definitely a case of time's up. No, 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 no. I want to stay. There's these little kids going, no, no, not, no, it's not time to go yet, <laughs> which was really lovely. But at the end, we were driving home and we said, okay, so, you know, what stuck, stuck out to you or what did God speak to you about? And I'm kind of stealing his thunder because I hope he at some stage is going to share this. But bless his heart, whoever came up with the map idea, oh my goodness, that's such an awesome thing. So sitting there doing the map, putting all the pieces in, he said, I'd pick up pieces, I'd look at them, and I'd throw them to the side because they didn't fit in anywhere. And then all of us, oh, excuse me, you know when you talk about your children, and I'm talking really fast. Um, he said, all of a sudden I thought, no, that's not what God does. He doesn't pick, it up, pick us up, look at us, and then throw us aside when we don't look right or, you know, I've done something wrong. No, God keeps us. He looks inside and he looks at us and, and he puts us somewhere and he places us somewhere. So, there we go. No, no. From the mouths of babes. Oh, sorry. That's a thing. I think the thing in talking to some of you, what's happened for people has been quite personal. And so oftentimes that can be quite hard to share, especially when you're looking at a sea of faces. But um, for a number of people, and, and you know, Sarah alluded to that, you know, it's that whole thing of it's just, it was, this, it was this space that gave us the opportunity to actually be quiet. To be still, you know, that's written. There was this, uh, we had a couple of books in there that people either sign in or they write their prayer or what their experience was. And a number of people have said, you know, it was just, it was such an amazing opportunity to actually create space for us to pray as an individual or as our, with our family. But sometimes, how do I communicate that with other people? And yet, the encouraging thing is for us is that we actually want to hear some of those stories, don't we? Because it encourages us that God is active and doing stuff in our lives. He is speaking to us. He is orchestrating events. You know, I, got, I woke up yesterday to a message from someone that had sent me uh, just kind of recounting some of her experience in the, in the prayer room this week and just the things that God spoke to her in there and then when she left and different things that have happened over the week where God has just orchestrated a whole bunch of events that then speak directly to her and to her situation that she couldn't have made happen. You know, but that she comes away with this greater sense of peace and this sense of God knows my situation and he's right there in it with me. And I'm where I'm meant to be because he's right there where, with me. So tonight, guys, if you're pondering whether you're coming or not, can I encourage you to come because it will just be a, an evening of storytelling and celebration. It's a good week to do that. It was Thanksgiving on Thursday over in the Northern Americas. So uh, it seems like a great week to, to focus in on Thanksgiving. God's been good to us. So prayer is powerful. It's incredibly ordinary because it's just, you know, talking. We do that every day. Except that we're trying to learn how to talk and communicate with God, which is, you know, blows our minds and seems kind of weird, to be honest. But C.S. Lewis, who is this fantastic Christian author, he said this, I pray because I can't help myself. 
I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. And that's what we're going to drill down into for a little bit this morning, just as we wrap up this week on prayer, is that prayer is a place of change. You know, about a month ago, we had the uh, amazing opportunity of uh, being at the baptism of one of our young adults. He came to faith in the last few months, and he was leaving to go back to France. And on the day before he flew out, uh, Kieran got a message or a call from him saying, I've, I've decided, I'm in. Can you baptize me before I get on the plane tomorrow night? We were all like, yes, <laughs> we'll stop everything. So six o'clock that, that evening, a uh, bunch of the young adults and us, they let us in. Uh, we were honorary. <clears throat> and uh, we got to go down to Oriwa Beach and we uh, watched some of our young adults baptize him uh, there. And it was this blustery really cold, <laughs> showery evening, and uh, I have to admit I was quite glad that it was Kieran and Josh that were walking out into the water, and I just got to cheer from the beach, because uh, it was quite chilly, but it was this amazing thing, because we went down, you're thinking, you know, six o'clock, you know, in the evening, the beach is going to be quiet, you know, it'll be perfect, no, we got down there, there were diggers rolling back and forth along the beach, there was the life-saving guys that were doing their training with their crews, you know, like there were, there were the usual dog walkers and runners and all that kind of thing, but in the middle of all of that, I felt like God said, pay attention to what's happening all around this one activity as one person is choosing to follow Jesus. And, and it's some of that that I feel like he wants me to unpack as it relates to prayer this morning. You see, on the beach, we had those diggers, we had surf lifesavers, and we had rainbows. In fact, we had a double rainbow uh, just after he was baptized, which was amazing. And, uh, and some of that we're going to just dig down into. So when we think of diggers, what do we think of? Well, in this situation with Oriwa Beach, it's all about reshaping and reclaiming the beach uh, because of uh, the effect of erosion. It's the subtle thing, like if we're there every day, we don't actually even notice, but the subtle sort of erosive activity of the ocean is sort of taking the beach away. It's taking away ground. And so they have to bring these diggers in and they go the length of the beach and they're just moving sand to rebuild and reshape that beach. It's just incremental deterioration that's happened, just slowly kind of grinding away. And that happens to us, doesn't it? We have this slow drift that sometimes happens, or we feel like there's this erosive activity that just subtly kind of moves in our lives. And then before we know it, we're like, how did, how did I end up here? And the thing with God is that we need him to come in, just like those diggers do, and reform, reshape, rebuild, and recreate, and take back territory, or even create new territory in our lives. It's kind of like remodeling our interior landscape, if you like. And that's what spiritual formation talks about. You know, if we've grown up in more contemporary uh, evangelical churches, we don't actually grow up hearing about spiritual formation. It's generally something that's uh, associated more with our traditional parts of the church, but it is a wonderful thing where we actually look at what are the things that, what are the disciplines, what are the activities that I can actually invest in so that I am spiritually formed 
And this is nothing, it's not about changing our external, it's all about changing our internal territory. So our need for God is to come and to keep doing that in us, you know, that he'd create in us his heart, his perspective, his way of being in the world so that we can live lives that reflect him and that are increasingly centered around him. You know, in Isaiah 64 verse 8, it says this, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And this is what prayer helps us to do. It keeps us pliable. It just helps us to remain flexible and helps us even to be aware of the erosion that can happen or of the invitation for pressing into new places that can happen because God's always at work. A potter is, you know, we're, we're like this masterpiece that's going to take a long time <laughs> to, to, to finish. The potter is busy. But the thing is, is that there's this sense of humility that we have to come into prayer with. But like what C.S. Lewis said, I come because I'm helpless. I cannot help myself. There's a humility that comes in coming in prayer to the potter and just saying, God, I'm just clay in your hands. Make me, remake me, create in me. And move, use that, you know, Holy Spirit digger <laughs> to move around my internal landscape. Now, this next slide, hopefully you'll be able to see, in the background, this, so this is the guys baptising Nicola, and in the background you can see the crew, that it, and it wasn't one of those little zippy little speedboat ones, it was the, oh my goodness, you have to work quite hard boats, um, where they have to all uh, row together. And it wasn't too rough that day, so that wasn't too horrendous for them. However, it was freezing cold. And as I was watching them, uh, these were a couple of things that stood out to me. First of all, they all worked together. From the time they carried the boat out of the you know, life club all the way down to the beach, setting it up, getting it out, the whole thing, they worked together as a team. But there's this one person, I'm not a boat person, is it a tiller? Rudder? Rudder. Yep, that thing at the back. And I should have researched that. Uh, and, uh, but that, there's one person that mans that. And he was the one that was sort of giving the directions, that was telling them about their stroke rate. He was the one kind of going, come on, you can do this, you know, like as they were charging out there. But he was the one that was like giving the direction to the boat. Yep, training. There was no one drowning there that day. However, they may have wondered what we were doing with Nicolay as we were holding him under the water. But there was actually nobody drowning at the beach that day. But there they were for hours, training. Because they know that they need to be prepared. They have to be ready. They have to be equipped. Because they know that their job is to save lives. That their whole job is all about rescue. They're on a rescue mission and they're prepared, they prepare for it all the time. And it's hard work. I mean, you know, you thought of sort of, I don't know about you, but I think of life saving summer, you know, the sun. They must need to use a lot of sunscreen because it's so sunny. You know, there was not much sun that day. And here they are, and apparently they do that all year round as they're out there training. And I think there's some things in there for us. We're in this thing together. We're in the church. We're his church. Whoops. We're in the church together. And, and we need to learn how to be together, how to work together. 
You know, that's, we're actually called, you know, when God's invited us to, to this church or, or to any church, if he invites us to be a part of this part of the family, then he's inviting us and calling us to be committed to one another as well as to him. But that doesn't just come naturally. I don't know if you've looked around, but we've got all sorts of different people here. Ages, stages, you know, different backgrounds. We've got people from different parts of the world. And we love that. I think that's one of the most amazing things about the church is that he brings such disparate, disconnected people together and makes something incredibly beautiful out of it. But we have to learn how to do that, don't we? We learn how to be together. We learn how to listen to one another. We learn how to go on rescue missions together. We learn how to work with one another because this whole thing is much bigger than just ourselves. And that's what lifesavers know. They know that they have an integral part on that crew, but it's not just about them. It's about them being on mission. And we as a church, we get called into, we're invited into this mission that God is on to seek and save lost, broken, lonely people. And they are all around us, and we are those people. So we need to be prepared. Because the thing is, we never know. When is he going to ask me to you know, pray for someone. When is he going to invite me to just tell a bit of my story to my friend? When am I going to need to see my, you know, if I see my neighbour in trouble, that I need to just sort of drop everything I'm doing and go be available and just be Jesus, be love? We never know when that's going to happen. So we need to be prepared. We need to train. You know, Paul, who wrote a letter, he was an apostle in the Old Testament, he wrote, New Testament, sorry, he wrote a whole lot of the letters to our different churches and he wrote to this young minister in Ephesus, his name was Timothy, and he said, don't try, train. That's a paraphrase. Don't try, train. So we need to train. Prayer is Training. Because, you know, we've, as we've just talked about, as you've heard this morning, God does stuff. We are changed as we're there, which makes it more easy to be able to know him and to know what his mission is. You know, we get to hear his voice. We learn how to hear his voice. And we learn how to respond. And we get to ask questions. Lord, who is it that needs rescuing right now? Is it me? Or is there someone that you want to send me to? What's my part in the crew? How do I take my place in this family for the sake of others? Prayer knits our hearts not just to God, but to one another. Even if we're not praying together, he still uses it to knit our hearts together because we're focused on him. So if that's the thing that's gluing us all together then if we're in sync with him, we get in step with one another as well. Scripture tells us that in Romans. uh, There's another piece of Scripture in Ephesians 4.15. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other because he's the source. If we're all getting our, you know, the blueprint, the game plan from him, we all know our part. We can all do it, and it all fits. It's a wonderful thing which leads me to my last thought. I'm going to be quick today. When we were at the end uh, of Nicola's uh, baptism, he'd come in, he was starting to come in from the water, and those of us on the beach, 
uh, saw what the guys didn't see, and that was this rainbow forming behind them. And it ended up being this double rainbow behind him, and that's it. It was hard to take a photo of. I think Melissa got a better picture, but I didn't have time to get it from her. And so by the time he came into the beach, and we're like, look at that. He was just like, yes, this is so cool. It was so cool. It's stuff like that you couldn't have planned in a million years, but God's timing is just superb. And when we think about rainbows, we tend to think of, associate that with things like promise, with hope, with life, with beauty, with new beginnings. And when we come to God in prayer, when we connect with the source of love, the source of goodness, we discover all of those things. And over this week, I think a number of you have reconnected to some of the promises of God. Because sometimes, he, you know, for those of us who have been following him for a little while, sometimes some of the things we felt like God said to us a while ago, and we haven't seen that come about yet, it can get a little bit discouraging. Life just hasn't turned out the way I expected. But his promises never fail. And they always give us hope. You know, I was thinking about this. It seems to me in my conversations with people as I've had the privilege of hearing different people's stories, I've heard some of their prayers and know about some of the struggles, a lot of the struggles that we often have, is that anxiety and worry is rampant in our culture. Our young people, I was talking to one of my daughters and she was telling me about a study that they've done of millennials, which is uh, the generation, what age group? It's like your early 20s. That it is rampant in our millennial generation. Our young people are experiencing the effects of anxiety like we, I never did. And it's becoming normal. You know, they just sort of like, well, this is just how it is. You know, I've heard young people go, yeah, I had a, bit, I had a panic attack the other day. I'm just like, you're 18. You shouldn't be having panic attacks. This is not right. Prayer and the hope that we get from being connected to the source of all promise and all life and all love is the biggest antidote to anxiety and depression and fear. Please don't hear me diminishing that because I've struggled with some of those things myself. So I know that it's not a quick fix. I know that it's not you just you don't just flip a switch and everything's great. Because it just isn't for a lot of people. However, we can be proactive in pushing back and not just accepting this as the status quo for ourselves, for the people that we love. Pray like your life depends on it, (laughs) because it does. Pray, because there we encounter the promises of God. He speaks life to us. He speaks hope to us. Hope is huge when you're in a dark place. So we need to be people of prayer so that we can connect into those promises of God. In Romans 15, 13, we're reminded of this. May the God of hope, in fact, why don't we pray this as a prayer? May the God of hope fill you, fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him, so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we could be an incredibly countercultural people if we just learnt how to live in that 
that we could learn how to not get caught up in the worry and the anxiety and the fear-mongering that is so rife in our world. Imagine that. Imagine if there was a whole group of people that we, we figured out more and more how to actually live this. What that would be, the invitation that would be for people. And we may not have this all figured out, but let's say yes to trying. And prayer is a place to start trying. And I think, you know, as I've chatted to a couple of people um, who were in the prayer room this week, they just said, you know, life is just so busy all the time. It's just so noisy all the time. This week has been a place, every time they'd been in a few times during the week, every time they go there, they just feel like God just keeps saying, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. So the invitation to all of us then is, okay, so how can I grab a hold of that and make that a reality for me on a day-by-day basis so that I can increasingly learn how to live out of that place of resting in God's stillness and I live out of that into the rest of my life. I've been on a bit of a mission in the last number of months because I feel like this is something God's been speaking to me personally about because you just get caught up in all the busy, don't you? And yet his invitation is, you don't have to live that way. You might want to join me and if you figure anything out, you need to tell me along the way. So when we meet with God in prayer, we're going to overflow because there's more than enough for us. When we're designed to leak. We're more like colanders, you know, than a saucepan. We're designed to leak. We're just going to, we're going to have enough, but we're going to be able to give it away to the people that we do life with. You know, as we come into prayer, we are reminded of or we discover for the first time things about God that we've never encountered before. So this week... What has God promised you? Where have you encountered hope or joy or peace as you've spent time in prayer for those of you who have been in the prayer room or had that happen at home? It doesn't just happen in a room. It's just a room. This happens anywhere. What's God's invitation to you that brings hope? that reminds you of his promises to you. You know, one of the things that I felt like, uh, one of the promises he makes that I felt like I was meant to share this morning is from Ezekiel 36. And this was actually a piece of scripture. It was a few, fair big chunk out of uh, this part of the Bible that we felt like God spoke to us quite clearly about when we were starting the church. And um, I'm going to read you a little bit of it. So, Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28. I'll pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. You will be my people and I will be your God. I think that's a promise that he made for us as a church when we were just, you know, a couple of us in a lounge a few years ago. And I felt like he said to to speak that out again this morning because I think there's people here this morning that 
you're feeling like, oh, Lord, I so want you to scrub me clean. Lord, would you put a new heart within me that's enabled by your Holy Spirit to do what you call me to do, to be who you call me to be, to live the way you call me to live. That we are his people and he is our God. But we forget sometimes, don't we? So we're going to just have some time to pray. Pray for one another and, and kind of stand alongside one another as we say yes to some of what God's doing. Come on down, Josh. So why don't we stand? The last entry in, um, in the book that I grabbed this morning says this, Meet God, great chat, ongoing. It's like that about sums up what prayer is all about, really, isn't it? And our relationship with him. We meet him, it's great, and it's ongoing. So why don't we just say yes to the Holy Spirit? He's here already. Why don't we just ask him to do what he wants to do with us this morning? And then we'll try and figure out what that is and participate in that. So would you join me in prayer? Lord God, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you that you are our God and we are your people. And thank you that you have met with so many of us this week in this little room in the middle of Silverdale Village and done wonderful things in our lives. And God, this morning I pray that you would come and that you would fill us up again. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I just feel this morning to share something that happened at the 24 by 7, which I, I know you're meant to do at the beginning, but I'm always a renegade. Um, on the back of what Jacinda said, when I went in, um, as a lot of you know, uh, our family's going through a real transition period at the moment, and um, we've been crying out to God, what the heck? You know, we've both got no jobs. Our son's the only one who's got a job. There's been a lot. I went to the two. I booked in a slot every day. The one thing that God said to me that I felt he's saying to a number of you, and it's really on the back of what you're saying, is he said to me two words. Get ready. Get ready. And I think for a number of you, I mean, for us, I came home and I ripped up carpet and I ripped up some flooring that we had to get rid of because our house isn't ready for sale. And I don't even know if that's what God's asking us to do. I don't know if he wants us here. But he said, get ready. And so I think for a number of you this morning, God is saying, get ready for what he's got for you. 
It wasn't just for me. All right. Pour your spirit out upon us, God. Pour your spirit out upon us. Because we're hungry and we're thirsty and we need you. And would you get us ready? I wonder if... uh, if anyone wants to respond to any part of this, but... I think this thing around anxiety and worry is a thing that we actually want to pray for people. And if you need healing, I know this is completely random and has nothing to do with what I've talked about, but that's the thing that I feel like God's saying. There are people here that really need healing from something. What I'd love for you to do is if you want to respond, if you just want to say yes to God for anything that he may have dropped into your heart this morning or sort of nudged you about, I want you to pop your hand up. If you want to respond, because I actually would love people to pray for me, because I do have problems with anxiety. I do get overwhelmed with worry. I don't sleep well. Then we want to pray about that, because that's not God's best for you. It just isn't. I actually think it makes him quite cross. Because it robs you of the quality of life that he actually has for you. And if you want to say yes, I want to get ready. Whatever that means, Lord, don't know, but make me ready. (laughs) Danielle Strickland was here uh, about a month ago, and she said, wake yourselves up. So, to any and all of that, wherever you are, if you just want to say yes to God for any of that, can you pop your hand up where you are? You don't have to come forward, I promise. Put it up nice and high so we can see where you are, because we're going to get people just to come and pray for you where you are. So can you ever look around, folks? We all get to do this. All of us are the ministry team. So look around. Start moving around and go to where people are. Introduce yourself. Ask them what it is that they're wanting prayer for. There's more of you than this. You don't have to be shy. There are nice people here. And God's good. Anybody else? Got someone there? Anyone else want prayer for anything this morning? Okay, here's what's going to happen. Those guys are going to go ahead and pray. Pray your best prayers. God will use whatever we bring. So start praying for them. For the rest of us, why don't we... Do you want to redo that song, that the last song that you did? Would that be right? Even if it's just you, just quietly, that would be awesome. And if we want to join in, we can. I think some of the team are getting prayer. (laughs) If the team want to come and you're not getting prayer, then that would be fine. But if you are, just stay where you are. So we're going to just worship one more song together and then we're just going to be together because it's wonderful. Okay? All right. Take it away, Joshua. I will hunger 
that for um, for all of us there's times when worry is in the mix and you know Jacinda said hey is anyone would like prayer for worry and you know a few people put your hand up but I know that there are a lot of you that have got a lot of things that are in the mix and um, for some of them you've felt that you've given them to God and you're resting in that but for other other parts of it you still just worry and uh, what I'd like us to do now just we'll just take a couple of minutes I'd just like for every one of us just to, just where we are, just to close our eyes, and and I'm going to pray for you, and and open your open your heart to what God would have for you. Sometimes it's helpful just to put your hands out in front of you as if to receive something. There's something about just doing that physically that sort of opens you up to what God has for you. But I would like to pray for you because I know that there are things that are happening, whether it's exams, whether it's finances, relationships, health, just just tiredness, whatever it is, there's just there's your, your children, I don't know, there's things that it is a source of worry. So let's do that together. I'm going to pray for you and just just be open to what God would have for you this morning. Let's, let's pray. Father, you, you ask us not to worry. You ask us to lean back into you and trust you, but it's so hard. It's so hard when there are things right in front of us that we are, there's uncertain outcomes and we just, and we we're nervous that something is going to happen that's, that's not going to be good for us, for the people that we love. But God, I pray, I pray that you'd come now. You'd come now with your peace. You're, you, are, you, you are the Prince of Peace. Jesus, release your spirit of peace to us now. Let peace come. Let peace come now where there is anxiety, where there is worry, where there is, there is concern. There's this niggling thing that like, I'm, I'm, I'm scared that this bad thing's going to happen. God, that you would just come and meet us in that place, that you would replace that with the, just that spirit of peace, that your peace would come, God, that we would, we would 
the words that we can uh, of of your scriptures that say that you are our fortress, you are our strong tower. We can trust in you. We can have confidence in that you hold us in the palm of your hand. Your hand. The, those those words of truth, God, that would just lodge in our head and our heart this morning, and worry would would slide away, and instead that just the, a confidence and a peace would replace it, God. That you would come now, Holy Spirit, spirit of peace. We pray that you would be touching people's people in their in that place in their inner man, their inner woman, right now. That you would come and that you would you would you would be the peace that they need this morning, God. Cast your anxieties, cast your burdens, cast your worries on Him because He cares for you. He cares for you. So God, we thank you. We thank you that you are for us. We thank you that we can bring the tough things in life to you. God, teach us as a people to hand over our concerns. You know, worry is, is thinking something may happen that may never happen it's not even it's it's not even something that is is real it's just something that may happen god remind us of that god remind us each day to lean back with confidence into your arms into the arms of the of a loving father that knows our situation knows the challenges knows the the hurt knows the fears knows the worries and loves us and is for us and is with us God, we thank you that you are, you are good, you are active, you love us. You want to lead us into all that is good, Lord. We want to, you want to lead us into the goodness of your kingdom. So God, may the truth of, these, these, of your word, may the truth of your love for us lodge deeply within us. And may your spirit of peace be ours this week. May we, we be able to find your peace in all our situations this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, well, thanks for praying with me and thanks for being here at church this morning. I always love Sunday mornings and, and uh, hanging out with you all. Men, just remember that we've got this lunch and if um, you don't know anyone, that's the whole point. Just come along.